Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. It is a happy Valentine's Day to everyone, February 14th, 2017. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com and your host here on the Locked On Magic podcast. We've got a, going to be a Hopefully a quicker show for you today as the Orlando Magic go down to Miami and get a win. Their first time sweeping the two games in Miami since the 2008 season. Yes, not even the 2009 finals team swept both games in Miami. They lost in Miami in January, February, somewhere in there. I was actually at that game, uh, believe it or not. Um, Magic at the big win. We'll break that down for you on today's ep- on today's episode. I'll talk a little bit about the response to the big loss on Saturday and, and what two players that I think were absolutely key to to loss and 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 two players who, despite shortcomings that they have, um, I think do really care about this franchise and 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 performing well this season and and deserve at least some praise uh, from Magic fans for that. And then I'm gonna talk a little bit about the point guard rotation as as the Magic made another switch at point guard. They did that um, against the the Sixers. Talk a little bit more in depth about about that as C.J. Watson continues to start at point guard and there continue to be. Uh, you know, kind of new developments on that front. But let's start with Monday's game. The Orlando Magic defeat the Miami Heat 116-107 to at the American Airlines Arena down in Miami. A uh, really just strong game for the Magic. I mean, I think that's the best way to describe it. They played with a lot of energy and intensity from the beginning. They took they they, they gave up the first two points and scored the next 10. And they had control of the game virtually the entire way. There's only three lead changes the first one, uh, another one in the fourth, third or fourth quarter, I believe, uh, and, and then the final one when the Magic took over. The Magic really controlled the tempo of this game, dominated it uh, in a lot of ways, uh, and just continued to to put the pressure on. And I thought it really started with the defense in the first quarter. And this, this game didn't have a lot of defense, obviously, 107 points allowed. But Orlando played defense in spurts when they needed to. Their communication was a lot better. Even if the execution wasn't fantastic, the effort was good. It's obviously a concern after Saturday. The communication was good. And then on offense, the Magic did a much better job moving the ball, looking for ways to attack. It it, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't perfect at all. But they certainly did it enough to get themselves a big win. Um, And to to the tanking crowd, when you get the chance to win, you take it. I I don't care who you are. If you're a bad team, you're going to be bad over the long haul. When you get a chance to win, you take it. And the Magic had a chance to win. Actually tied heading into the fourth quarter despite a big lead led by as much as 14 points uh, in the... I, I, th- I believe it was in the second half, but um, Magic led by as much as 14 points. Gave up a 9-0 run uh, to, to Derek Williams of all... P- or not Derek Williams, uh, to, to... I'm blanking on his name. Uh, James Johnson in the uh, fourth... in the, At the end of the third quarter, gave up a 9-0 run. Uh, allowed Miami to tie that game... Um, make it a game in the fourth quarter, but Orlando took 
took control, and it was a, a really a team effort. So many players stepped up and made big plays, whether it was Evan Fournier hitting some crazy step-back three, whether it was Mario Azonia making good plays, shooting four for six, made all three of his three-pointers. He came came around the screen, just popped a three, and it was good. I mean, that's that was the kind of night it was it was for Mario Azonia. Whether it was Alfred Payton finding a gap in a defense and getting getting through it and getting to the basket and scoring with relative ease. I mean, Peyton, ha- Peyton had a Peyton game tonight um, and, and did a lot of good things off the bench as well as finishing the game off as well. Or it was Nikola Vucevic just grabbing a key rebound. Everyone played their part. Everyone made their shots. When Orlando needed a pushback, they, they pushed back. They responded. That's not something they've done throughout the year. Um, this was that game where the Magic just play well. I mean, they've, they've done this throughout the season. They've done this for a while now where they'll just play well. They'll have a good game uh, out of the blue or, or have that game that makes you say, God, this, this team could be really good if they could put things together. I will say this. It, it wasn't a perfect game by any stretch. I'm sure I'm sure the Magic will get back into practice tomorrow uh, and go over some of the things they need to continue to work on. Um, this is not the kind of game that you want to have in February, right before the trade deadline. Um, you know, Especially this team trying to, you know, is at least nominally still go- going for the playoffs. This is the kind of game you'd want earlier in the season to say, okay, this is a foundational game. This, you know, we show that we can play, play well when we play with intensity and effort. Um, when we, you know, do the little things, do the right things. We don't have to be perfect to win. Um, of course, the Magic against going up against a Miami team that's probably in their same same ballpark. I mean, I, I, I think Orlando and Miami can can say, you know, we're about equals as far as the tiers in the Eastern Conference. Even with Miami coming off that long win streak. Um, this is a game where you know you don't have to be perfect to win, but you got to play with energy. You know, you go up against say San Antonio like the Magic do on Wednesday, got to be a little bit more perfect to win. And when the Magic beat San Antonio in San Antonio in December, the Magic were about perfect defensively at least. They 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 played a really really strong game. It's going to take that kind of an effort. And and the Magic weren't there yet. They weren't there. They didn't have to be there for this game. Uh, but it was good to see the Magic kind of get back to that root, get back to that kind of basics of who they are um, or who they should be as a team. Uh, of course, the question is always, can they do it consistently from one night to the next? Can they do it again Wednesday night? Can they do it next Thursday night? Can they do it in the next game, in the next game, in the next game, in the next game, in the next game? That's been the problem for the Magic this season. They haven't been able to play this way consistently. And as Frank Vogel said at the beginning of the season, as, as just been always known, this team has a very small margin for error. They don't have that go-to star to go get them points. So they've got to really work together. And, and tonight they did. 18 assists on 44 field goals. Um, yeah, 18 assists on 44 field goals. That isn't a great number. Magic kept their three-pointers down, 8 for 14 from beyond the arc, especially after the, how poorly they shot from beyond the arc Saturday, settling for three-pointers. They got to the line for 29 free-throw attempts, making 20. That's a good number. Not uh, Obviously, like a few more makes. The Magic definitely left some points on the board there. But getting to the line a lot was a very good sign for the good, good sign for the Magic. That's not something they're typically very good at. Uh, and so Orlando had the right formula to go out and win. They controlled the glass, 15 offensive rebounds, 52 rebounds to Miami's uh, 37, only six offensive rebounds for Miami. They control, So controlling the glass was big. Um, generally, they controlled the pace. The only times they really let Miami get back into the game was when Orlando took bad shots. When Orlando took bad shots, Miami got rebounds, got out in transition, and beat the matchup before they could get their defense set. And that was a big reason why Miami was able to climb back into this game multiple times because there were still moments where Orlando settled and got into kind of an isolation offense. 
If Orlando can avoid that, they'll be a better team. And Miami's a good defensive team. This isn't a team to, to, to you know, thumb your nose at. But certainly Orlando caught them a little bit off guard. Uh, you know, you can look at Hassan Whiteside's comments. He thought he played pretty good defense while the rest of his teammates said, no, we didn't play good defense at all. Um, Whiteside actually got pulled early because Vucevic was just destroying him on the glass. Uh, and... Uh, this 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 was just this was just a good game for the Magic. I mean, I think they did what they needed to do to win. Running through the stats real fast before we get into the next topic. Uh, Evan Fournier leads the way with 24 points, 10 for 17 shooting. Uh, Nikola Vucevic, 13 points, 17 rebounds, 4 for 14 shooting. I'll talk about both of them in just a bit. Serge Ibaka, 17 points, 7 for 9 shooting, 8 rebounds for him. Alfred Payton, 20 points, 7 for 15, did a really good job, especially in that fourth quarter, controlling the tempo of the game, getting into the paint, getting to the basket, Making life hard for the Heat's defense. When he saw when he saw a crack in that defense, he t- he attacked it, and that's always really good to see because that's what he's really good at. Mario Azonia, like I said, probably his best game of the season. I don't care that he was minus four for the game. He made a positive impact in this game. Eleven points, four for six shooting, three for three from beyond the arc in sixteen minutes. Thought he played good defense. I thought he was really doing a good job chasing guys around screens, recovering. Trying to get his trying to get his hands involved, he he deflected a few passes, tipped a few, tipped a few, tipped a few balls. Uh, got the got out in transition, had a nice finish in transition as well. Um, a second good game for Mario Azonia, and, and Frank Vogel even said this after the game. I don't want to get too much into Mario, but I know people like to talk about him. Uh, Mario Azonia had a good defensive game Saturday. I thought he did too. I thought Azonia played a very good game Saturday. Just couldn't hit shots. Tonight he hits the shots and he plays the defense. That's a good sign for Hazoni. He's put two good games together. Certainly going to get him back in the rotation. I think most people kind of sense they want to get him in the rotation anyway with the season kind of slipping away. But now, for sure, Hazoni's in the rotation. Good sign for him moving forward that, that he's able to, to do these things and uh, get the ball rolling on that end. Once again, the Orlando Magic defeat the Miami Heat 116-107 to at the American Airlines Arena the first time Orlando has swept the two games in Miami in a single season since 2008. So some some good company to keep. Uh, and the Magic will be, of course, going for a sweep of the San Antonio Spurs on Wednesday for the first time since 2009. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99. And our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. But I I, I think the big lesson, there, I mean, there are a few lessons to take from, from, from Monday's game, and, and certainly part of it is that a... Play hard, play with intensity. You don't have to be perfect, but if you if you play with energy, you play together, you're gonna have a chance against almost any opponent. That's 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 lesson number one. And that's something that the Magic have not always had consistently. And, you know, I, I don't like speculating too much about what's going on in the locker room because I don't know, you don't know, nobody really knows. What exactly happens behind closed doors? What exactly happens when the media aren't around, or you know, when you know they're they're away from us? Uh, you know, I, I don't like to speculate what's happening. I mean, cert, you know, certainly it's easy to do so, but I can say this from my experience 
uh, talking to the players and 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 you know being around them a little bit and hearing what they have to say even even on the Fox Sports Florida post game shows. Nikola Vucevic and Evan Fournier, uh, and mostly, it's mostly the guys that have been with the Magic now for for at least three years. Nikola Vucevic and Evan Fournier, Nikola Vucevic especially, has been with the Magic longer than any player. This is his fifth year with the team. Evan Fournier's been with the team for three years. And, and, and I single those two guys out because they're a little older. They've been on other teams. They've both been to the playoffs as reserves, not as necessarily role players. Um, but they've they've tasted some playoff, ex, some playoff experience-ish. And they came to Orlando and knew it was a rebuilding situation, knew it was an opportunity for them to get a larger role. They've shined individually. But this year, and even last year, was their chance to lead a team to the playoffs or to be part of a playoff team. And more than most players on this team, I think Nikola Vucevic and Evan Fournier are taking this season especially hard. And and I'm singling them out because of their experience level. I think Aaron Gordon takes the season very hard too. I I mean it, I if there are, if there are people who think that that magic players don't care, I I can tell you that's not true. And you know, I'm singling these guys out because I notice it more visibly, but I'm sure with everyone, it's it's been a struggle this year. It's been a frust- frustrating, disappointing season for everybody for a number of reasons, but most importantly because of the results and Aaron Gordon takes losses really hard. Um, Frank Vogel has said that publicly that that no one on this team probably takes these losses harder than Aaron Gordon and and I and and Vogel said at one point that he does have to kind of keep his spirits up a little bit. But to to my to my money few players take this per, as personally as Nikola Vucevic and Evan Fournier for those reasons that I said before that they've been here Essentially, those two players have been here the longest. Yeah, Fournier was acquired at the same time as Gordon and, and, and Peyton, but, you know, again, for the sake of this argument. And following Saturday's loss, Nikola Vucevic was the one that, that was at least printed as saying, this, this was embarrassing. We can't play this way. And, you know, even looking at Saturday's game, I could say, you know, Vucevic put in the effort. He was trying. They couldn't get him the ball. They couldn't get him involved. And he was caught in no man's land once again. There's no help on the backside for him, and he was caught getting lobbed over. There's only so much he can do as a big man, as a defender. And, you know, maybe that's part of the problem with this roster is the Magic are relying on players who have limitations. And they're not complemented well. Certainly, Serge Ibaka was supposed to be that complement, and he's done it at times and not done it at others. But, again, it's... These players take it hard. Evan Fournier has said it at, at, at various times this season. It wasn't, I don't think he's only, he's only said it once, but he said it at least last week that... This season has been really frustrating for him. Because it wasn't just some pipe dream that he thought they'd make the playoffs. 
He really believed this team had the talent to, to get over the hump and make the playoffs. And to be in the situation they're in now where they're six and a half, six games out of the playoffs is extremely disappointing to him. And to, to his teammates. But, you know, there, there is a personal level of frustration. And Fournier has taken a lot of heat this year. He's probably been put into a role that, that he is not suited to succeed at. Being the primary perimeter ball handler. Perimeter attacker and creator. And he's had to force some shots that have not been pretty and he's turned the ball over a lot. Uh, and, and he's had his moments and he's had some struggles with that role. But what I noticed Monday was encouraging to me. Because I saw Vucevic and Fournier be leaders on this team. Take responsibility for this team. And set a tone for this team to make sure they did not lose this game. Nikola Vucevic is not known for his defense. And yet, Vucevic to me was the best defender on the team on Monday night. He was the one leading the team defensively. Anchoring that defense, talking things out, making sure guys were in the right spot, making sure he was not only covering the ball handler as he as it came to him, but tagging and keeping in contact with Hassan Whiteside. Hassan Whiteside was virtually non-existent in this game. He ends up with 12 points, 19 rebounds, 5 for 7 shooting. Only one offensive rebound, though. So yeah, Whiteside was picking up defensive rebounds, and that's certainly impressive, but... Vucevic kept them off the offensive glass, as did Ibaka. I'll give, give Serge Ibaka credit for that as well. Give Bismack Biombo some credit for as well. But it was largely Vucevic. And Vucevic seemed very, very sharp defensively with his rotations, with how he was guarding players, with how he was keeping contact with, with Whiteside, how he was containing and corralling the ball handler so the, so the point guard could get back. This was the Magic defense at its best. This was when the Magic's defense was at its best. And not only that, Vucevic was keeping his hands active and was closing passing lanes down with, with, with his size and his length. Nikola Vucevic is not a defensive player. He's certainly better this year than he was in previous years. This is his best defensive year by far. But that's still not what he's best at. That's still not why the Magic have him out on the floor. Increasingly, though, it is. Because Nikola Vucevic shot 4 for 14. And in, in the previous four years, if he's shooting 4 for 14, the Magic are getting blown out. Because he's that important. In this game, in this game, it set the tone for the Magic. That they were going to play with energy. They were going to work together on that end and get stops when they needed to. And Vucevic made sure on most occasions, that he was the one that was going to secure that rebound and get the Magic going offensively in that way. I thought this was a, a outstanding game from Vucevic. A game that he should be proud of. And shows that he can make an impact without scoring the basketball. Yes, there are things that Vucevic probably would like back. He missed some bunnies. He... Missed free throws that he shouldn't miss. But he set a tone defensively. 
and got the team's energy and intensity up early. And especially coming off Saturday's game, that is a big sign of leadership. That's a big sign of ownership over this team. This is his team. He's been he's the only guy that's been here since the beginning of the rebuild. And it was good to see him take ownership of that. Because he's been as critical to the to the media as, as anyone about where his team at. And it's and it's self it's self-criticism. It's not he's not ever, he's never singled out any teammates. It's been we need to be better. We should be better. And he even said, you know, I'm not gonna spill the beans to the media. We're gonna deal with it behind closed doors. And whoever spoke up at that meeting and and whoever spoke up to the team. You know, Bismack Biombo has been someone that's spoke that's spoken up in the past, at least in the media. Uh, I'm sure Serge Ibaka has shared shared. It's 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 kind of a collective leadership thing. But what I saw Monday was was Nikola Vucevic stepping up and being that leader, and he wasn't alone. And I think that's a good sign too, because Evan Fournier closed that game. He closed the game for the Magic. He was the one hitting big shots. I think he scored seven straight points at one point late in the fourth quarter to give the Magic the lead and the cushion to win the game. They were up five. I think they were up two with about a minute and a half left. And Fournier hit a three to make it five. That's a big shot the Magic have often missed. And it wasn't an easy shot. And and Fournier is certainly guilty of taking a lot of tough shots. But he bided his time. He He took good shots, I thought, in this game. Worked off, worked off the move, off on the move, which is good. I think when he catches the ball on the move, he's much more effective than when he catches it, stops, and stands still. And he finished this game. He made sure the Magic weren't going to lose. He made a great cut and drive for a layup late in the game. He hit a couple of big three pointers. He found his shot and did what was necessary to win this game. There's one play late in the game where Fournier lost the ball underneath the basket, picked it up, pivoted, and made a layup. Didn't quit on the play. And it it sounds so simple. But, I mean, these are the things the Magic haven't always done. They haven't always had someone that will carry them to the finish line. Or will set the tone defensively early. They need more of that from somebody. It doesn't have to be Vucevic and Fournier every time. But they need it from somebody. And coming off of Saturday's loss, coming off of the embarrassment of Saturday's loss, their two longest tenured players, their two most most important, most veteran players, at least that have been with this organization for the longest, stepped up and made the plays they needed to make. And that's at least a good sign for Monday. The question is always, because the Magic have done this before, where they've laid an egg, lost by 25, 30 points, come back and won the next game and, and made everything look all right. The next question, of course, is can you do it again Wednesday? And of course, kind of a, a big part of, of the Magic right now is is their, their lineups are shuffling again. They've gone to C.J. Watson now, starting at point guard, bringing Alfred Payton up to the bench. Peyton did finish Monday's game, certainly earned it with, with the way he played. 7 for 15, shooting 19 points, 6 for 7 from the foul line. Sorry, 20 points, 6 for 7 from the foul line. A team best plus 16 
on the court today. Um, he was, Alfred Payton was really, really good. And, and I think for the most part, people still view Alfred Payton as the, if he's going to remain on the roster, he's the point guard of the future. He's the starting point guard of the future uh, for this team as long as he remains on the roster. Uh, moving to C.J. Watson was a bit of a curious decision from Frank Vogel uh, when he made it Thursday. He kind of snuck it in on the radar. We were all, you know, kind of staring at the shiny object that was Mario Azonia. Uh, for, uh, for Vogel subbed in C.J. Watson uh, and kind of tried it out. Um, for you know, Vogel said you know for the last several weeks, Watson's been the best point guard. He's a good defend. He's a good defender. He's a very solid defender. Um, he's going to be in good help side. Even that T.J. McConnell shot that that he hit the game winner, Watson defended it okay. I think he was expecting help in the middle, which is why he allowed him to drive middle. But he contested that shot, uh, and there was very little more that he could have done. Uh, in, in that instance. So I, I don't think that that's representative of his defense at all. But Watson's been good defensively. That's why he's played this year. He, he's good in help side. He knows where he needs to be on the floor. He can hit, hit the three-pointer, which is obviously something the Magic need. And, and and it just felt like for Vogel, it seemed like the Magic just needed to, to shake things up again. That something was missing of late. Uh, and Watson gives them whatever it is. Or Watson's been playing the best and, and the Magic needed to, to change things again. It's obviously been a difficult season for the Magic's point guards. Um, DJ Augustin has had his moments but has also struggled. Alfred Payton has probably been the best of the three but he's been inconsistent as well. It's tough to have him on the floor with Aaron Gordon all the time. There was a point where the Magic moved Aaron Gordon to the bench to try and separate Gordon and Payton because it's tough to have two non-shooters on the perimeter, if Jody Meeks were still around, you know, you know, maybe the Magic don't feel like they need to go to Watson as much as they do because Meeks is such a knockdown shooter. Uh, but Meeks is obviously injured right now. It's been a struggle for the Magic. It's been a real struggle to find consistency at this position. And of course, with the way the league is now, consistency at point guard is absolutely critical to a team's success. You need your playmaker to be there for them. C.J. Watson has. Played pretty well of late. Like like I said, the numbers are certainly bouncing back in his favor. Um, in the 10 games entering Saturday's, in the 10 previous games entering Saturday's game, Watson was averaging 10.5 points per game, shooting 51.5% from the floor. Um, that's not going to change a whole lot in, in two games. But, um, you know, Watson has had his moments where he's made a lot of, sh- but at the, at the very least, Watson has kind of come out of that shooting slump that he was in at the beginning of the season. Uh, Watson, to me, and, and even in the last two starts, he started the last two games, scored 11 points against Philadelphia, 2-for-6 uh, from the floor. In that game, scored 10 points against Dallas, 3-for-7 from the floor, was one of three players. Four assists against Philadelphia, five assists against Dallas. Uh, Monday night against Miami, Watson goes 2-for-6, scores five points, one assist, two turnovers, so not his best game on Monday, and certainly Alfred Payton took over and, and made him somewhat moot. Um, Watson is just—he he fills gaps. I mean, he's very much a role player. I, I don't think you want him as a starter full-time, and I think the Magic want an excuse to start Alfred Payton. It's just very, very tough to do so with all the other pieces the Magic have. Uh, we're seeing teams really just pack the paint and dare the Magic to shoot over them and beat them with the shot because they don't have— 
the creators and drivers to create their own shot all the time and make the defense collapse for open looks. There, there's there's definitely a sense that that you know you can guard the magic one on one, you can wall off the paint and get back out to the shooters, and that tends to frustrate the magic and get them into isolation play. The point guard rotation, I mean, you look at this draft, you know that there's some good point, there's some potentially good point guards in this draft, uh, and, and it does feel like. The writing's kind of on the wall with Alfred Payton. In the same way that it was with Victor Oladipo last year, the Magic moved Victor Oladipo to the bench. That was not a good sign. Uh, then again, they also moved Devin Fournay to the bench at, at certain points last year too. This feels different. DJ Augustin's kind of firmly entrenched as the backup point guard for the Magic. He's got a four-year deal. CJ Watson is just there. He's a good third, third option. Alfred Payton is supposed to be the starter. And the fact that he has not been able to maintain and hold that starting job all year is a source of concern for the Magic moving forward. Obviously, the draft is what the draft is going to be, and and the Magic are in line for a top-five pick. I always say take the best player available, and if that happens to be Lonzo Ball or Markel Fultz or Dennis Smith Jr. or whoever, Alfred Payton may not be your point guard of the future anymore. Uh, and it's certainly possible that the Magic look to deal Payton at this year's trade deadline. This point guard rotation has been a complete mess. DJ Augustin has flaws. He's not a great defender. He's a streaky shooter. CJ Watson is a gap filler. Um, that's that's not an insult to him. I, I think he plays a really fine role, but you shouldn't be relying heavily on him for starters minutes. Alfred Payton is the wild card. When the Magic are good, when Payton is good, the Magic are typically good. Payton's just not good every night. And they need good Peyton every night, especially with the players that they have on the roster. If this were a better, balanced roster, I think Peyton would flourish a little bit better. If there are players around Peyton that that complemented him better, I think he would flourish, and I think the team would flourish. But obviously, everyone feels very constricted by how this roster is built. Will Vogel start C.J. Watson again on Wednesday? My guess is yes, that he will continue to start C.J. Watson. There's no reason to make a change at this point. Could that be the case after the deadline? If Peyton is still on the team, I would suspect Peyton will start. And I suspect that, you know, there, there is also a chance that Watson's gone too. But I, I would suspect that that they'll begin to refocus their efforts on Peyton and trying to get him and, and figure out what they have in him because I think even that is still very much a mystery. But Orlando reshuffling their point guard rotation, it doesn't matter who they land on uh, this season. Uh, it certainly is concerning, uh, certainly concerning for Peyton's future and what that means, especially with all the point guards that are available in this year's draft. And uh, it's just another part of the storyline this year that has been really frustrating to follow and to watch. I want to thank everyone again for listening to today's show of Locked on Magic. Uh, spread the love today. It is Valentine's Day after all. Give us a follow on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Like our page on Facebook at Locked On Magic. I'll post the companion articles to what we discuss on the show on those pages. Also, be sure to follow me on Twitter at OmagicDaily. And if you would, drop us a Valentine on Facebook at, at Orlando Magic Daily. We could use some more likes there. I think we're closing in on 700 likes on Facebook. Uh, I'm still figuring out Facebook. I'm a Twitter guy, uh, but Facebook is there, and uh, I also post stuff on there as well. So. Um, be sure to check us out on Facebook uh, for both Locked On Magic and uh, Orlando Magic Daily. Be sure also to follow the other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. Share the love across the NBA network. 
There's a podcast for every team in the league. I know my good buddy uh, Jeff Garcia runs Locked On Spurs, does a fantastic job. I've been burning through some old episodes of that lately. Uh, get ready for the Spurs game. Share the love with them. You can also get ready for fantasy season. You know, your fantasy season's probably entering its, its crunch time. Be sure to follow Josh Lloyd and Locked On Fantasy Basketball daily fantasy recaps and previews. Um, every day, just like this podcast, except it's for fantasy basketball. Uh, so be sure to check him out, as well as the other great podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Like I said, every team is covered. Just about every team is covered in the NBA. So if you're looking to learn a little bit more about any team in the league, check out Locked On. Insert team name here, uh, and you'll find a pod, a daily podcast covering that team. That's going to do it for me today. We'll be back tomorrow with a complete preview of the Magic's game against the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, coming up on Wednesday, the last game before the All-Star break, the last game before the trade deadline. I'm sure we'll have lots of goodies for that the rest of this week. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Reich. I will see you all tomorrow on another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.